0: Hello, everyone. I hope you are well. I'm Carlos Carnicero Urabayen, and I want to welcome you all to Futuris Blue, a series of podcasts bringing together top experts from academia and think tanks to discuss the most pressing European economic and policy challenges of today. This is a Funkas Europe initiative and we hope we can bring new ideas for a more inspiring debate about Europe. Today, in our first podcast after the summer break, we're here to talk about Europe's economic challenges for the months to come until the end of the year in principle we should we should expect a growth rate of 4.2 percent that is forecast for 2021 and 4.4 for 2022 this is quite a shiny scenario particularly if we look back to 2020 the year of the start of the pandemic so i'm joined by Raymond torres funcas europe director and uh, Raymond, i'd like to start by asking you, what are the main areas of concern for policymakers when they come back from the summer break and, and they see uh, the economic situation in Europe these days?
1: Hello, Carlos. Um, hello, everybody. And uh, I mean, the first thing is, as you said, that we are in um, in full recovery at the moment. The indicators uh, look relatively good. Uh, We have not only um, uh, solid growth in industry and sectors which have not been so strongly hit by the crisis, but in addition now the services, including those most vulnerable to the pandemic, are uh, recovering. And in particular tourism uh, is picking up quite strongly or has been picking up quite strongly this summer. So I think that the indicators in terms of recovery look good. Also another striking performance is in terms of unemployment. Unlike all previous recessions or crises, the unemployment rate did not increase very much and it is actually falling in the majority of countries with the perspective of reaching pre-pandemic unemployment rates uh, in the next few quarters. So I think this is quite remarkable and of course it can be attributable to the uh, kind of short-term job schemes, which were launched in in most European countries. Uh, However, there are challenges, and the first one would be in uh, in terms of inflation, which is uh, more precisely in terms of uh, the very sharp increase in certain prices, in particular, um, uh, some costs, some import costs, like metals, like uh, semiconductors. And of course, electricity prices are also picking up quite strongly uh, because of uh, the price of CO2, uh, which also is is priced, is being priced uh, according to environmental criteria, and therefore it entails uh, an increase, and also because gas prices, which are used, gas is used also for producing electricity, is also contributing to this. So we have this very uh, significant increase in those, those prices, which is leading to... Um, uh, a pickup in inflation, uh, and this is a major struggle for policymakers uh, at the moment. So, in the short term, dealing with this, understanding the origins of this, and dealing with it is going to be a major preoccupation for policymakers. Another one, of course, has to do with uh, the uh, kind of uh, materialization of uh, the European Recovery Fund and the uh, national plans, which in some countries are quite significant, like, for example, Italy or Spain or France. And and therefore, what uh, and the speed at which those plans are executed, how they are executed and whether they are conducive to reforms is another major policy challenge as well.
0: But what about the risk of infections and variants uh, and things that would complicate the whole picture? Today, we reached an important milestone in our vaccination campaign. 70% of adults in the European Union are now fully vaccinated. And that is more than 250 million people who are immunized. And this is a great achievement, which really shows what we can do when we work together. We just heard the words from President von der Leyen, who promised we would reach this target. Now this actually happened and we have over um, 256 million adults in the EU have now received a full vaccine dose.
1: Yes, I think this is a major achievement. The, the fact that uh, uh, the Europe managed to vaccinate 70% of adults as announced by the President of the Commission is a major achievement. <coughs> the, the start was uh, rather difficult, remember, a few months ago. And actually, the process uh, could speed up in, in recent months. And, and you know, it, it is a major achievement, with, in the case of Spain, even better than average, in fact. So, and many other countries are doing very well. So I think this is a major achievement, but um, the fact that we have new variants and the fact that the world population is not equally vaccinated means that the new variants are appearing and there is a risk that this this continues. And in fact, what was needed for um, a group immunization, which was supposed to be 70%, probably the percentage which is needed now in order to achieve this is probably higher. So, concretely, what this means in economic terms is that we will have to um, kind of uh, live with the pandemic for a longer period of time. So, we have to learn how to live with the pandemic for a longer period of time than we previously thought. We thought that by the end of this year, it would kind of be over. But in fact, it would take longer than that because of the uh, several variants appear. It's not clear that existing vaccines Uh, will uh, kind of uh, be sufficient to face those variants. Apparently, at least we avoid the worst diseases and the worst uh, uh, health impacts. Uh, And so it means for the economy that uh, we will have to combine economic life and economic activity and human activity with uh, a persistent uh, pandemic throughout the world and therefore with an impact on Europe. Uh, luckily, luckily, the the economy itself, enterprises, businesses, and people uh, have learned how to achieve that, and this is why the economic recovery is well underway. But we will have to carry on for longer.
0: So, living with the pandemic, this means that we are not, we wouldn't react to the pandemic or to spikes in infections in the same way we did the first time. So, I wonder. Um, lockdowns of the kind of uh, of shutting down the economy as we saw in 2020 they are out of question
1: I believe so i believe that lockdowns as we have as happened last year in the, in the spring last year are out of question in principle because of course the level of uncertainty is still huge uh, but uh, in i think uh, we, we can assign a relatively low probability to new lockdowns and, uh, and therefore, I think uh, it will be possible to combine economic activity in all its forms with uh, the addressing the pandemic. I think this is something that we have learned. And uh, this, this ability to combine those economic and health objectives is, of course, tremendously facilitated by the vaccine.
0: And what about the risk of high levels of public debt? Um, let's listen to what Commissioner for the Economy, Paolo Gentiloni, said at Brussels Economic Forum just before this summer break.
1: We are coming out of this crisis with, uh, in the euro area, uh, the level of the debt at 102%. Uh, And of course, this is um, affecting several countries with different degrees. But we have, uh, I would say, the majority of the population in the euro area living in countries with debt higher than 100%. So how can we deal with this?
0: A majority of Europeans are living in countries where there is now uh, a higher public debt of 100%. Uh, This is remarkable. And and, and Commissioner Commissioner Gentiloni was saying, how can we live with this? And I wonder what are the implications of these levels of debt in case further support is needed for the economy in the months and years to come?
1: This is a major issue, of course, and uh, Jet Leoni is right to uh, point to this issue. Um, the, uh, I think that even lower levels of debt, uh, he points to 100% as a threshold, even 90 or even 80% uh, would still be unsustainable if uh, there is no economic growth. So I think the main preoccupation is uh, at least to me, it seems to me, is that the European countries should uh, achieve uh, an economic growth trajectory which is solid enough and high enough in order to make any levels of public debt uh, sustainable. Uh, and so I think the, the main focus now should be on, first of all, uh, consolidating recovery. There's still some sectors which are, are uh, vulnerable. And uh, we still have not achieved uh, pre-crisis levels of output. So, of course, it's an issue. In addition, we need to achieve medium-term and economic growth, which is strong enough in order not only to make public debt directly sustainable, but also to reassure buyers of government bonds so that it's good for them to buy those bonds and therefore to fund these high public debts because it's an economy which is, uh, in a way, uh, Prosperous and, and progressing fast. So I think, uh, to me, the main issue uh, to address the question of debt is to uh, ensure that uh, economic growth is fast enough. It really, what it really means is that we should not only look at the level of debt, debt but also what, uh, to, to what extent we are using debt properly. In other words, to the extent we have deficit financing, we need to finance uh, items, projects, programmes, which are conducive to sustainable growth in the future. And so every effort should be made in all European countries to ensure that uh, public spending is is high quality and it's used properly for things which are useful. And and this is how we will achieve high growth and therefore make uh, public debt sustainable. So this is very important. And this is also why the recovery plans uh, which are launched by European countries are also important, their, their implementation will be extremely important and crucial to determine whether we are able to use public debt in order to ensure that that debt is sustainable.
0: So, in fact, I was about to to say that this uh, closes the circle. You started talking about the Next Generation EU program and now you connect uh, the issue of debt and how well we spend the funds that they are now available. Um, Raymond, uh, thank you. We, we shared a few a few insights that I think are going to be useful to understand uh, the major economic developments of the months to come. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you very much, Carlos. <laughs> bye bye.
0: Thank you all for joining. This was all for now. We will come back soon with more exciting speakers on Europe's economic and policy-related key debates. Futurist Blue is a Funcas Europe initiative. I'm Carlos Carnicero Rabayen and if you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to recommend it to others and share it on social media. Thank you all, and stay well.